Hey guys, it is a different show this week. We are going to show you some of the stuff that we've been doing on Patreon. Not that you really asked for that, but Marissa will tell you why she is unavailable this week. And I will tell you that I am on vacation and for some reason busier than ever. So hopefully you enjoy this. And if you do, you can join us at patreon.com slash y'all heard. If you're already a member and you're like, how come I don't know that this, uh, audio business is happening all the time then you can go to patreon.com log in uh hit your little profile icon up in the top right corner and then go to manage memberships and once you're there you'll be able to find information about your patronage to us and also uh information about the rss feed that you can copy and paste into your podcast app of choice and then uh get these things whenever we put them out which we try to make weekly also, this is stuff that hasn't been on our Patreon already. This is brand new main feed Patreon preview. So hopefully all that makes sense. And, uh, you you know, if you enjoy what you're listening to, then join us. She's from Long Island and the Poconos. Marissa reviews a show. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Marissa doing something a little different for the podcast this week. Um... I got COVID about a week ago and I'm still recovering. So it made it a little difficult to do a show today. If you are a Patreon subscriber, you should already be familiar with Marissa Reviews, where I review the first episode of a series. But if you are not a Patreon subscriber, um, yeah, I'm going to review the first episode of a show today. Uh, you can get, get a, get a piece of Patreon content for free. Uh, in lieu of a show. <clears throat> so today, I watched Snowflake Mountain. Uh, if you're not familiar with what it is, it is a reality show on Netflix where quote-unquote snowflakes are dropped in the middle of the wilderness to learn how to take care of themselves and become more independent. Basically, the show takes Gen Zers and really young millennials uh, and puts him in a survivor type situation. So I hate the name of the show, which is why I watched it. I wanted to see what it was about. Uh, also, I was confused. Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought snowflake was a derogatory term that right wingers used for left people on the left who are considered easily offended. This show seems to use the term snowflake as sensitive people who are immature and and um a little privileged i mean i i don't know maybe that's that's what people use the term for also but basically it's an opportunity for older people to shit on how stupid and privileged young kids are uh and while i find a lot of things about gen z really dumb i think one generation shitting on another generation it's just so fucking hack. But again, I, I figured I'd see what this was like. So, you know, with any reality show, you get all your your zany characters. There's a hot dude. There's a few British people. There is a kid named Solomon who decided he needs to be treated like a king. And there is a guy named Sonny who, to me, looks like Fishtown in Philadelphia. If you're not familiar, I, I just look up 
people from Fishtown. <laughs> and if you are and you took offense to that, whatever. I don't care. Um, so this show is as dumb as I thought it was going to be. It's just a lot of people yelling that they don't like the outdoors, that they've never had to hike before, that they don't know how to, quote unquote, do the outdoors. To tell you the truth, I should be on this show. I mean, I don't think I'm particularly privileged and I'm fairly uh, independent. But man, if you send me to a place, took away most of my luggage, told me I had to sleep in a fucking tent and had to shit in a fucking hole in the ground and fucking like work for my own food like to literally like swim to get my own food like fuck that i'd be i'd be out in a fucking day and already like episode one somebody's just like i can't even fucking do it but that was funny because she didn't even like experience anything she just like looked at where she had to live she like had a breakdown and went home uh but yeah everyone's obnoxious but I mean, I guess if you, like, hate Gen Zers, this is, like, a really fun show for you. Because they're not just plopped in the middle of nowhere and, like, and are, like, go survive. They actually have two survivalists who I guess are a bit older. They just look like millennials to me. They don't look like they're, like, middle-aged. They're two survivalists who give them challenges and basically tell them <clears throat> how these challenges are supposed to, like, help improve their lives. So in episode one... They make these kids go, like, get their food in the wilderness. And I don't mean forage, which that's what I thought it was going to be. No, they, like, tied a bag of food to a tree and then put a bag of food on a raft in the middle of the of the lake, which that seems half-assed to me. But um, already one of the groups who got the food convinced everyone else to hide food from the other group. So you know this shit gonna be like all petty and shit and, and people gonna be like, ooh, you're toxic and people gonna be like, ooh, stop gaslighting me. And you know, they're probably gonna find a way to shoehorn all those like buzzwords that people say Gen Zers use all the time. I, I already see it happening. So yeah, I mean, if you hate younger people, this is a, this is a great show to hate watch. If younger people annoy you sometimes, but you don't hate them because you're a fucking human like me, it's funny here and there, but it's really annoying to continuously hear old people call young people snowflakes. It's just like f so fucking condescending. Um, also, the kids seem like caricatures. Like they all have like Burberry headbands and like Gucci shit. I mean, where like they're all between like. 19 and like 25 how do they all have this money i don't i don't know whatever but um yeah do i recommend you watch it i recommend you watch one episode you'll definitely get a feel of if you like it or not for one episode and i mean if reality shows aren't your thing then don't even touch it but uh if you like reality shows especially if you're outdoorsy one if you hear that i would like to see your take on this show but, yeah, if you like outdoorsy shit and like to see people not know what the fuck they're doing, it's a little bit funny. I don't know. I'm sorry. It's not funny. It's a little bit entertaining. It's not funny at all. Let's, let's let that be known. This show is in no way funny. <laughs> um, okay, guys. That's it for me. It was <clears throat> kept it simple. Sorry if this wasn't ideal. I'm 
yeah, I'm still not okay, and my mind's a little foggy. Also, don't forget that COVID's out there. Please stay safe. Um, some people are saying, you know, it's Omicron. You only get, like, a cold now. No. I got COVID real fucking bad. And it's, like, I'm on, like, day eight, and it's still, like, nowhere, no end in sight. So, like, don't forget COVID's there. You might be the only one wearing a mask anymore, but it's fucking worth it because this shit's brutal. I wouldn't wish COVID on anyone, okay? So, miss you guys. Hope to be back to the show next week. And um, thanks for listening. Bye. If there's a movie that you've heard of but don't really feel like watching because it looks like it could be bad, but something about it made it seem like you could watch it, maybe, but you really can't see yourself watching it, then you need Pete. It's time for Pete Ruins a Movie. Hey, everybody. It is Pete, and I am coming to you today to ruin the 2022 insta-classic Firestarter, which is based on the novel by Stephen King. The thing is, this isn't called Stephen King's Firestarter, so I assume that he had less involvement than uh, he preferred. I got to watch this on Peacock, meaning that I don't think any other (laughs) major outlet wants it. Uh, But this is also from Bloomhouse, and... I believe in one of my Pete's previews recently, I said that uh, Bloomhouse is really hit or miss. Sometimes they're doing really good work and sometimes some real stinkers. So this is in the stinker category. Let me tell you why. Oh, should note, I've never seen Firestarter, the original. I don't know which which of these things are comparable. I'm not going to compare the two because I don't have the knowledge to do so. So I watched this a few days ago, and to be honest, I'm not 100% sure about all the details. But I promise you that it doesn't matter. (laughs) So we start this movie with a baby in a crib. And the baby's all, like, cute and shit. And um, I don't remember if it's... I think it's the mom. The mom's hanging out with the baby, puts the baby down in the crib... And then goes to walk away because her super hot husband, Zach Efron, is standing in the doorway. And so it's, it's, it's time to bone. So, uh, so they both leave, uh, and go down the hall towards the bedroom. But the baby is left alone, presumably for the first time ever. And the baby isn't happy about this. And this particular baby sets things on fire when it's unhappy. <laughs> and so, that's what happens. The fire starts in the baby's room. But just before Zac Efron gets into his bedroom with the lady, with his wife, a flower catches on fire. And for some reason, he picks up on this and goes down to check on the baby and sees a whole bunch of fire. And that's that. So for the beginning of the movie, like for the, I should say for the first act of the movie, they keep alluding to a few things that we don't know much about. One is that Zach Efron, Sidney Lemon is his wife. So Vicky and Andy. That's good. Oh, great. All three of them end in E. Cut to the chase, Pete. All three of these people have powers, but we don't know how they got their powers, what their powers are necessarily. And the second thing is they also allude to people being after them, but we don't know who's after them or why they're after them. But we can assume that it has to do with their powers. Zach Efron, we kind of learn his power is called pushing. And basically he can convince, he can mentally control people for all intents and purposes. He can convince you to do something by simply suggesting it, so to speak. 
I do not know what the wife's powers are. Wife, mom. I don't know what her powers are. I watched the movie. She fought at one point, but I, I have no clue what her powers are. I don't know if it's my fault because I wasn't paying any attention. I know I wanted to take a nap while I was watching this movie, but I didn't. But I did fast forward through parts so that I could take a nap as soon as possible. Uh, ultimately, we, we track to, I would say this is probably after the official beginning of the movie is over. So now we're entering the middle and we meet a man named Rainbird. And I go, no, I don't like this unless he's Native American. And it turns out he is Native American, but I still don't like it. They could have made him named Charles or Kenneth, you know, <laughs> but they call him Rainbird. And he is a token, mystical Native American who tracks down these people. This guy also has some powers. It seems like his power is to take other people's powers. Guys, I don't know why anybody has powers. I don't know what the point of this story is, <laughs> to be honest with you. Because <laughs> you're watching it and you're like, okay, so these people have powers. People are chasing them. The parents are trying to keep their kids safe. So they're trying to, like, you know, get away. This man, Rainbird, is hunting them, but never does it ever really all, for me anyway, lock into place and make me understand why I'm watching this movie. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, one thing that I really loved about the movie is that we fast forward quite a bit. Charlie is, I guess, the main character. She's the girl who controls fire and she's in school. So you can imagine if you're a little kid who can control fire or anything for that matter, it's difficult for you to grow up. If you don't have control over that, like control over your power to control other things. So I thought this was hilarious and maybe nobody else did. I would love it if it was intentional because it kind of is cute, but it makes no sense. The kid who picks on her in school is a redhead. <laughs> and first of all, he is relentlessly rude. Secondly, he calls her weird all the time, which I didn't know was is is weird. I thought weird was okay these days. And then third, he gets away with it all. Like he constantly gets away with torturing this poor little girl <laughs> at school. And uh ultimately one day he gets her upset enough. And this is this is one of those ones where he should have gotten in a lot of trouble for this. They were playing dodgeball, which is a terrible idea. So she hits a kid with a dodgeball and the kid is out and she feels so good. And her teacher's giving her like a thumbs up, like, good job. You know, you did something right for once. <laughs> and then the, the shitty redhead, he throws a ball at her and hits her in the back of the head. And then everybody laughs at her. So she runs into the bathroom and she ends up setting her school on fire. So there's a lot of different stuff going on. But ultimately, where is the story? Like, where's my beginning, middle, end? What is the arc I'm going for here? Do I want Charlie to succeed? I do want her to succeed in controlling her power so that she doesn't, like, set me or anybody else on fire. But there's a point where she meets the little kitty cat, and the cat scratches her because it doesn't know who she is. And she sets the cat on fire. And she She's not doing it on purpose, but it's like, yo, <laughs> you shouldn't do that. <laughs> And yes, I feel more sympathy for the cat than I do for the redheaded kid. <laughs> so, cut to the chase. There's a big, I don't know, lab someplace where they're controlling all these people who have powers. I don't know. They must have given them the powers. 
Again, I fast forwarded through parts of it because it was boring. But here's what happens in the end. Uh, Rainbird kills Charlie, the fire starter, <laughs> um, kills her mom. Then, then the company or lab or whoever gave him the powers, they kidnap Zac Efron. So now Zac Efron is in a fire safe room with the director, Ms. Gardner. And this is really weird because Ms. Gardner is like, you can't set me on fire without setting your dad on fire. And so we're going to talk. You're going to commit to being part of our project here. And then we're going to be good to go. No, she sets her dad and <laughs> the woman on fire, which in turn sets the whole building on fire. And then she walks away and she's getting out of the building. And she's like lighting everybody who crosses her path on fire. It's not cool. Okay. Because you can survive being lit on fire and it sounds like it's miserable. <laughs> so as she's kind of escaping, which isn't like an escape, she's just walking out. Um, Rainbird, she comes across Rainbird. She knows that Rainbird killed her mom, but for some reason she doesn't set Rainbird on fire. And then she goes out and she sits by the water. And I'm thinking, is she just going to jump in water and then put herself out? It doesn't make any sense, I know. But um, she's just sitting by the water, looking at the water, feeling sad. She's lost everybody she cares about in her life. And Rainbird comes up and sticks out his hand, and she takes his hand, and he picks her up and carries her off. I don't know what the hell that means. Like, this movie was stupid. Because if we're looking at her as a character, yes, she I, did she grow? I guess she grew. Like, she only grew through grief. I guess she did have control of her powers a little bit more towards the end because she was intentionally setting people on fire rather than accidentally setting people on fire. But it was really an odd movie to watch. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. You should definitely not watch it. But now you can have enough stuff to talk about why you didn't like it if you do end up talking about it at a party with somebody. I should also say that I think that Zac Efron is the only reason that this got a theater release. But it shouldn't have. This should have been a straight-to-streaming type of movie. We also had fun, recognizable appearances from Kurtwood Smith, who was the dad on that 70s show, and John Beasley, who just has one of those faces where you're like, I know this guy from 100 Things, but I don't know who he is uh, by name. So you can check him out if you'd like. If you like what we do... And you want to throw us a few. Go out to patreon.com slash y'all Yeah, that's patreon.com slash y'all heard.